ATP Podcast episode 25. Today my guest is Evie, and I don't even remember, what's your last name again? Jackis. Jackis, okay. Yeah. Um, and Evie, you are the owner and founder of Holistically Restored, which, why don't, you, why don't you tell me how you would describe what your company is and what you do? Yeah, so Holistically Restored is a health coaching company that works with women who are looking for hormone coaching, thyroid coaching, and nutrition coaching. Okay. So I work with women who, um, really there's a wide variety of things that I, I work with and um, kind of help people through, but a lot of people who come to me have some sort of hormonal imbalance. Maybe they've been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, so PCOS. Uh, maybe they've been diagnosed with thyroid disease of some sort or an autoimmune disease. Uh, or maybe they just want to get healthier and they they feel like you know typical diets have failed them they just don't know what to do they need an approach that's different than what they've tried and so we work on nutrition in that way some people come to me wanting to gain weight mm -hmm. some people want to maintain their weight right they're tired of that yo-yo dieting or up and down and then some people want to lose weight and so we approach we approach that in like what are you really looking for right because everyone you know if you come to me like i want to lose weight my next question is well why what is it that you're really looking for so i really look at people as an entire person you're not a set of symptoms so if you do come into me or do come to me and you have you know irregular periods that's not the only focus that i'm looking at with you i'm looking at how is your stress management what does your sleep hygiene look like what are your relationships look like um, you know, what kind of food are you eating throughout the day? Are you moving throughout the day? Those things play a big role into our overall health as well. And so I'm not just going to look at you as a set of symptoms. It's very holistic in that I look at you as an entire person. Okay. So you, so your foundation is in hormone imbalances and that's the main thing, but you're obviously recognizing that that could be a number of things going on outside of, of just, you know, eating or one thing or one little label that is causing some certain issues for people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, symptoms are communication. So we have to look upstream. Where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. The symptom is not the problem. So having irregular periods or having painful PMS is not the problem. Where is that coming from and why is that happening? And so we have to look, we kind of have to work backwards of where is this stemming from? And there's ways to do that. Um, you know, the best way that I tell people is really get testing because, you know, it's right there in front of you. It's easy to understand and it's easy to see like, okay, this is where it's coming from. But there's other things that we have blind spots to that we don't realize could be contributing to what we're feeling. Um, and the reason I got into all this is because I myself had PCOS. So I had hormonal imbalances. We have what that is real quick to yeah, casual yeah. listeners that might know. Yeah, for sure. So polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, is a set of, it's a group of symptoms that um, it's from a functional medicine perspective. This okay. is where it gets kind of tricky because some people, you know, I've gotten some uh, feedback, if you will, okay. on this. From a functional medicine perspective, you are diagnosed with PCOS by having irregular periods mm -hmm. and or um, high levels of androgens, which are those male sex hormones. Mm. Um, yes, having what they call cysts, which are truly follicles on the ovaries, are also what you can be diagnosed with or are seen on an ultrasound to be diagnosed, but that's not the only thing. So I have a lot of people who come in and they say, well, I got an ultrasound, they saw I had cysts on my ovaries, so I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. But they are regulating, they're regularly ovulating and they um, don't have high androgen levels. And so I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. 
because from a functional medicine pr perspective, you know, you need to have those high androgen levels and irregularity in your ovulation and or not ovulating. So that's where there's a little bit of conflict with Western medicine and what I am trained under is that, you know, there's a difference in how we diagnose because, and the reality is that some people can outgrow their PCOS. I mean, it can absolutely be reversed and I don't, I have not met one woman who has been taught that when she got the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. I know I wasn't. I was told from an early age, you have PCOS, you're probably gonna have trouble getting pregnant um, and just watch your carbs. And that was all I was told. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know what that meant because I also wasn't, I wasn't the same person who I am now, right? Like I didn't care about that stuff yeah. as much, but I just felt like that was like a, a life sentence in a way. And then the more I learned when I hired my coach and we were learning and you know talking through this and looking at testing, I realized like, wait a second, I don't have any of that stuff anymore. Like I don't have high androgens anymore and I don't have irregularities in my ovulation. Like I ovulate like every whatever day and that's normal. So I was like, wow, you could actually reverse this and people need to know about this. So that's a lot of the reason why I like to do education on this because I don't want women to think this is a life sentence. It does not have to be. There are a lot of lifestyle factors that go into PCOS and same with thyroid disease. I mean, you've probably seen or heard clients that, you know, are getting diagnosed with thyroid disease and it's like that could sometimes be a cop out, you know, yeah. or there's other reasons that are contributing to that, that if you just tweaked a couple things in your life and give yourself three, four, maybe six months, your thyroid will probably turn around. Right. So it's very much, I just want people to understand and believe that they don't have to live with that diagnosis. It's not forever. They have a lot more control than they realize. And so that's one of my, my favorite things to do as a coach is really empower people and motivate them to turn things around and change the trajectory of their life. Because that's, I mean, I've seen so many women do that, just not just with me, but even in my colleagues, like people that I work with, my peers, um, people that I'm networking with. I mean, this is definitely something that's becoming, I guess, more widely accepted and known, which is really exciting okay. because I don't want people to think that I got this diagnosis and I'm stuck with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think people don't realize how adaptable we really are, and it's like, I mean, what, you get a cold, you, you think you're going to have that forever? Like, no, you get over it, and have, same thing, like, yeah. obviously, things, some things take longer, and things are more grand on a scale, but it's like, we're constantly changing and evolving through things, so right. your, one, your state as you are right now is not the state you're necessarily going to be a year from now. Right, and, and I have autoimmune disease, which leads, so I have Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune disease that leads to hypothyroidism. Okay. So you can have a thyroid disease without having an autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of women I think hear, oh, Evie has hypothyroidism, so I have hypothyroidism too, but we might not have the same reason for having that. Mine is because of the autoimmune disease, and other people it might be, I mean, it might honestly be lifestyle, right. lack of sleep, medications that you're on. Um, we know birth control can really affect your thyroid. So uh, birth control pill, I mean, can affect yeah. your thyroid. So there's a lot of things that play a role in that. So for me in particular, Autoimmune disease isn't really something that gets reversed very easily. Mm -hmm. Some people can absolutely put it in remission and I've been there, but it also flares up at times, but I know that and I can catch it and know, oh, I need to kind of tone down on this or I've really, I've really maybe done a little too much so now I have a flare up. But for the most part, if you don't have an autoimmune disease, I argue that you don't have to have thyroid disease long-term either. Mm. 
So now, with with your experience, when how old were you when you got diagnosed with all this, and or like when did they say that you developed or were had this from the beginning? So I was diagnosed when I was uh, 17 or 18, so it was right outside of high school, and I went to the the reason I got diagnosed was because I was a camp counselor okay. at a YMCA, and I was running around all day chasing kids in the heat, you know, and. I was gaining weight, which was kind of weird because of the amount of exercise I was doing all day, but then yeah. I was super fatigued. Now, I just thought, well, that's normal because I'm just, you know, I'm out in the heat all day, so of course I'm going to come home and want to take a nap. Well, my mom has autoimmune disease. She has Hashimoto's, okay. and so she was like, well, this is kind of weird. Like, I wonder if we should get your thyroid checked because some of this isn't adding up. So I went to an endocrinologist and they did the testing for autoimmunity. And um, to do that, they test antibodies. So there's two antibodies for thyroid disease that you want to, or for, I'm sorry, Hashimoto's that you want to check. Um, so I did that, came back, okay, you have elevated antibodies, you have Hashimoto's, here's a medication, you'll take this the rest of your life. There really aren't many side effects and we'll, uh, we'll just kind of see you in six months. Let us know if you have questions. And at the time, I didn't really have many questions because I was starting college. I was like, whatever, like I, my mom has this, so I guess it's just genetic and I'll just, I'll just be a good patient and take my medicine and go on my way. Well, you know, for about 10 years, really, I lived in that mindset of I'm just going to do what the doctor said. And I would get my lab work. I was, you know, very diligent of getting everything, seeing my doctor on time. And my labs were looking good, but I wasn't feeling well. I just kept gaining weight. I kept you know, having more fatigue. I kept having issues with food in my stomach. So then my stomach started hurting and I was like having really bad GI issues. And I didn't know which foods triggered me because it just felt like every single food triggered me. At that point, I was also put on birth control because I was having bad periods and I had the PCOS. So they told me that's going to fix it. So get on the pill. So I'm taking two prescription medications before I'm 20. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's really common now, uh, although right. it's not normal. It's sure common. It's a lot of people are like, yeah, I take three, four. Like, yeah, know, yeah. So, you know, I go through college and I continue to gain weight, but a lot of people gain weight in college. So I was like, well, whatever. And then it wasn't until my junior year of college when I hired a personal trainer because I was like, I'm, I'm done with this. Like, I want to have more energy. I want to lose weight. Like, all those typical reasons that people initially seek out training, right? Yeah. That was one of those stereotypical situations. And I started eating better. I mean, as best as I could, right? I didn't know everything, but I definitely cleaned up my diet, but things still weren't happening. And I was so tired and it, I was getting resentful because I had really good girlfriends in college and like they weren't feeling this way. And I'm like, how come I'm the only one that feels this tired and has no energy and has issues with her weight? Like what is going on? So again, I didn't do much because I just thought I had accepted that that's what my life was gonna be like. Mm. And that's the reality is I just accepted this is this is what Evie's life is going to be. She's just always going to be overweight. She's going to have issues with this. Anxiety started to creep in. I was having panic attacks weekly. Um, just I just felt like this is not the way life was meant to be lived. But I guess this is just how things are going to be for me. Until it was um, the the fourth year of my teaching career. So, you know, through college and then I started teaching full time. I was a special ed teacher. So, you know, I'm doing all this stuff. And it was the fourth year into teaching where I just had enough. I was at a school that was really, really difficult for me. Um, I was working with students who were medically fragile. So I had nurses in the room. There was a lot of like emergency situations. And so that, you know, couple that with my anxiety and I was just a wreck. Yeah. And I just, I woke up one day and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. There has to be another way. I'm so sick of living like this. 
And at that point I had gotten a little bit more involved in Instagram and I was starting to see other girls post about birth control and their symptoms of that and thyroid disease and feeling better and recovering and like finally losing weight and keeping it off. And I was like, well, wait a second, maybe like maybe there's something else I haven't explored. So I just do some digging, digging, and I stumble upon an account of a health coach in Cincinnati. And so I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to see what it is because conventional medicine hasn't done anything for me. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's something else too, you know, that I could explore. So started working with my coach and my world was just rocked. Like I was exposed to so many things that I had heard a little bit about, but I had like written off as like woo woo or like that's dumb or, you know, who needs that? Like nature, whatever. Like, you know, we're not cavemen anymore. And so I was like, well, I'm going to give it a shot because I honestly felt like I had nothing to lose at this point. Like I was already at rock bottom. So started working with him and just changed a lot of things, focused on my sleep, focused on my stress management, uh, really trimming the fat in life of, you know, these extras that aren't serving me and that I don't really need. Why am I still signing up for this stuff? Why am I still doing that? Uh, focused on nutrition, changed a lot, learned about how food works and, you know, what foods are better for me. Um, and then, you know, training too. I, at that point I was training as a power lifter. So, you know, Oh really? Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I dabbled in that for a while too. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I love, I loved it and it was fun and it was a good release for me. But what I didn't realize is that for someone who has adrenal issues, that's not the best thing to do over yeah. and over again. And when you're already exhausted from teaching all day and then you go and you have to psych yourself up to like PR mm -hmm. when you're so wiped out from the day that's not a good thing to do. So I didn't know that at the time, right? So I was definitely that classic uh, under eater over trainer because I was just so desperate to see results. Um, so, you know, had to change my training, um, really did more like bodybuilding type stuff, which, you know, is boring to me for the most part, <laughs> but you know, there's, there's, there's a necessity in that too. Yeah. So it was just a lot of having to reframe my mindset around things. And I worked with my coach for 18 months. And I say that because I think people think these things will turn around in three months. And that's not true. Um, it didn't take me three months to get to that point of rock bottom. So I should not have expected myself to get out in three months. It's a great way to put it. Yeah. And just the reality is, is we're always evolving and things are changing. And so um, I tell people that even though I got better working with my coach and then, you know, I've continued to learn things and then I went and got certified, like I still have to work at being healthy too. Um, so that's kind of what led me to actually getting certified is when I was working with him, I was like, you know, I'm kind of done with teaching in a classroom. Like, I'm not quite sure if this is the right thing for me. Uh, it's really, really high stress and I don't feel like I'm getting a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and in turn, I'm not able to give back to my students because I'm burnout. So maybe there's something else I can do. And so I was kind of going through that career dilemma in the midst of this health stuff. Yeah. And I just fell in love with all the stuff we were doing. And I, I was researching on my own. I was taking ideas to him like, hey, I saw this. What do you think? Or do you think this is appropriate for me? And I just had this moment of like, well, I don't really like teaching in a classroom, but maybe I can teach about this. And so I decided, you know, I have a master's in health education. So maybe I just go get certified to coach and then I'll see where that leads me. I'll just do this with friends or family or whatever and then kind of see where it leads. And so I went and got certified um, to be a health coach and that's really started working with people and um, kind of had some guinea pig clients at first and wanted to play around with what my technique was and how people would respond to what I wanted to do. And 
So that's kind of how I got to coaching. And then it's just evolved ever since because, again, I'm always learning. There's always something to learn. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know everything, but I know enough to help people. And the reality is if I don't know something, then I'm very open about that. And so I'll tell clients, you know what, I'm not quite sure. I'll get back to you on that. And I go and I check with my mentors because I have people who are mentoring me through this. Yeah. Uh, there's a group of people that are doing the same thing where we can bounce ideas off each other. And I think that's really powerful for the client because not one person is going to have your absolute solution. Right. You know, it's it takes a team, it takes a village. Um, so that's been really, really nice to be able to do and just help. And it helps me grow as a coach too. Absolutely. Um, to have clients come and trust me and have different things that we're working on and one of the biggest things that I tell people is that I lead from where I've been like I understand what you're going through I understand what it's like to have PCOS I understand what it's like to have a thyroid disease I totally get the weight stuff like I still can struggle with that um, and so I just want people to understand that I'm I'm not like up here like at this level of health and you're below me and I'm like you know barking at you these orders i'm in it with you like yeah. i get it the things that i tell my clients to do i'm doing right like on instagram i i know i document a lot of things that i do these are things that i talk to clients about doing yeah. i'm doing it too i'm getting up and getting natural light in the morning i am prepping my meals i'm getting my exercise i'm going to bed on time i don't like i'm i'm in it with you and i get it and i can understand how unsexy and how boring it can be <laughs> at times but i'm telling you like this is the foundation to health yeah no, I 100% agree with that. Like, people don't realize all of the aspects that play into it and, and that it is it, it is work, in a sense. Um, it, it can be fun, depending on your mindset. Um, but, like, it, we are addicted to quick and absolutes. And it's, like, it's more the reality is it's no, it's long-term, and we're guessing. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're, we're trying to figure out. We, we know some things, and we understand a lot of things, but... It's a continuous figuring out process. It's not a, yeah, this is it, and that's the end of story. It's like, no, we're going to keep, like you said, you keep working on it. It's, it's not over. Um, where would you say, how, how's your energy today? Where do you feel like you're at right now compared to where you were when you're in college and you're always tired and everything was going on? Yeah, that's a really funny question because I, I am a dork when it comes to testing. Like, I love okay. to retest myself. Um, and so a lot of the tests that I recommend to clients, I'm running on myself. And I recently just retested my cortisol levels. So okay. for those who are listening who might not know what that looks like, um, I like to use either urine or saliva to test cortisol. Um, and it's different than when you go into get blood work where you're testing cortisol in the morning, right? Some mm -hmm. doctors will order a fasted cortisol test. Um, that's like walking into a movie and walking out after five minutes. You're not going to get the full picture because our cortisol changes throughout the day. So I like to test that periodically. I probably test more than the average person, but at least two times a year, so about every six months. Um, so I just got that back, and you know I have some improvements to make, but I knew that, right? B business has kept me really busy, and I just changed careers not that long ago. So it's like building this business and then juggling leaving that career, and so that's kind of tanked my uh, cortisol in that way. But I will say that even though labs will show, oh, you know, things aren't looking that great, I still feel 100 times better than when I did in college. Okay. Um, I'd even say it's mainly because I, because of that empowerment that I feel that like this, like, okay, it might not look good now, but I can totally turn this around. Yeah. And that I didn't know that there was any way to do that back in college. There was just a lot of despair and there wasn't any hope. But now I'm like, okay, well, that's not the best, but 
I know what to do to turn it around. So that helps a lot too, is believing that it's possible to change things. Yeah. So what what kind of tests where you're measuring? So you're measuring cortisol throughout a whole day. Is that what you're getting? Yeah. How does, how does that work? Yeah. So um, you collect your saliva or urine, whichever one, whichever test you're using throughout mm -hmm. the day. So the one that I just recently did was saliva. So they send you, you know, a little box of materials and it's got four tubes in it. Okay. Um, and you just collect your saliva at different points of the day. So you do it upon rising, then you do it, I think two to three hours after, and then you do it early evening, then bedtime. Because the idea is that cortisol changes throughout the day. We're diurnal, right? Mm -hmm. Opposite of nocturnal. So our cortisol, should be high in the morning we you know because that's the stress hormone that gets us up and going right cortisol always is like oh that's bad we don't want a lot of cortisol but that's not true we do need cortisol for a lot of things it's it's really important for survival too mm -hmm. um so our cortisol rises in the morning and then it'll peak you know about 30 to 60 minutes after waking and then it'll slowly go down throughout the day so what happens is you can test that, and some people have really low cortisol in the morning, which is what I just recently found, which kind of makes sense. There's that clinical correlation because although I don't feel like I'm necessarily dragging out of bed, I don't feel as energized as I could. Mm. Um, and then some people will have really high cortisol in the morning, so for some reason they wake up with too high of cortisol, and then it might drop. So you can see what kind of pattern. Some people are on this roller coaster ride all day when it should be a nice little downhill swoop from the morning. So I really like using tests like that because it you can correlate it to how clients are feeling. Yeah. Um, if someone is having trouble sleeping at night, they might have high cortisol at bedtime, which can totally make sleep uh, really difficult. So that's why I like using that stuff because although I can assume what's going on with somebody, um, when you have that data in front of you and you can make that clinical correlation of how that person's actually feeling, mm -hmm. then it gives me a better direction as to how to work with you. Sometimes it feels like I might be leading someone in the dark if I don't have that exact data. But again, it's not always necessary. Um, it really depends on what the person's looking for, how in depth they want to go. Um, again, I'm just a nerd and want that stuff because gotcha. I think it's fascinating, yeah. but it is very helpful too because I think it also gives some, um, validation to clients that I'm not crazy like yes this is this Something's is happening to me yeah um, and then sometimes you get things back and they're like oh I don't feel like that at all and I'm like well that's great perfect that's all I wanted to ask you how much of that do you take in stock of versus what the client is giving you and what happens when when that data doesn't match up with what they're saying yeah, yeah. so that's a good question um, I have been trained that we don't well I don't treat anything but I don't go based off of test results okay. only, right? Like I'm gonna listen to the client, mm -hmm. but if the client is the type of person who I think we we all have, we all can be, where they're just grinding through and they're not even stopping to realize how exhausted they are and their labs are showing that, right. then it's like, well, let's, let's really take a step back. Let's pause and audit. Like mm -hmm. how well do you feel? Right. Are you truly doing well or are you forcing yourself to believe that you are? Very true. And so we have to really think about that where, you know, although you're not lying in bed all day, that's great, but do you really have as much energy as you're exerting or are you just forcing yourself, which is then making your cortisol tank even worse? Right. It's, it's a give and take. It's, I think both sets of, uh, data for lack of a better term can be important because again 
I like the fact that you said you test throughout the day because it's like sometimes with the testing, it's just a snapshot of one moment, and it could have, depending on what you did the day before, right before that test, could dramatically change your results from maybe what your baseline normally is on a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So exactly, and that's and I tell people too, this is one day's worth. I mean, who knows? I mean, you might have just moved and you've been a little overstressed, or you just changed jobs, and we take all that into consideration. Yes. You know, the results aren't like set in stone of like this is what it this is what your life is all the time it's just in this phase of life where we've just tested this is what it looks like mm -hmm. and the reality is, is you wouldn't have come to me if you didn't think something was off so right. we know something's going to be off these tests you're always going to find something I mean, mm -hmm. even with stool testing which i do you know we're always going to find some imbalance of pathogen we're going to sign we're going to find some pathogens we're going to find some sort of imbalance in your bacteria in mm -hmm. your gut like nobody is walking around 100 percent right you know, it's just the reality. And so I think people are hesitant, like, well, are we even going to find anything? Absolutely. Now, it might not be like really, really bad or dramatic where it's like this really big uh, protocol that we have to dive into. But why not just check just in case? Mm -hmm. Because if you're not feeling well, why not check off that box of testing for that? Yeah, you know, I like that you brought up like no one, no one's walking around 100%. We're yeah. always constantly fighting something. Something's we're never in a perfect balance. Um, so how much of that? Because also everything to results are a spectrum and like the normal is like ranges of things. And mm -hmm. and so how much of that do you look at where it's like, okay, like what, what is a normal range? And like how do we determine what is really normal since everything is on such a spectrum? And and again, like why people might, their, their numbers might show something different again. And I know you take into consideration, you said everything else that's going on yeah. outside of there. Um, what's your thoughts on that as far as like, determining a normal range yeah. yeah do you mean like actual numbers on a lab or yeah yeah so yeah. lab ranges as we know are so wide and that's yeah. because they're testing every single person that comes in and they're get i mean you're testing really really healthy people and then really really sick people so mm -hmm. of course it's going to be a wider range so in the, my certification training, we actually have ranges that we go off of that are way more narrow, okay. that are considered optimal ranges. So there's a difference between a normal range and an optimal range. Mm. And I see that all the time. Clients will get um, blood work done to test their thyroid, and they come back and they're like, my thyroid is great. And I look at them and I'm like, that's not optimal range. Like, yes, according to LabCorp, you're in the range, yeah. but according to functional medicine, that's a little too high, that's a little too low. So we're looking at optimal ranges there. So I have a much more narrow range that I work with. Okay. And then something that when you were asking your question made me think of this is I really, as much as that information, that data is important, it's also important to hear from the client. So, yeah. you know, I always just think back like what were, what was life like before we had all this noise of like electricity, traffic, you know, deadlines, this and that. Like if that's almost the range that I'm looking at is like how well do you function outside of that? Because mm -hmm. some people, and I, I get it too, I'm sucked in to that constantness of life and feeling like everything is urgent and everything is an emergency and every text has to be responded to right away. And it's, it's really, that's what's making us sick. Yes. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever said that out loud, but it's true that that's every single person that I see there. It's not just about the labs. Like, yes, your hormones might be imbalanced or yes, you might have this. But again, but what why? I said in the beginning, why is that happening? It all comes down to stress and stress can be physical. It could be emotional, mental. You know, you could have some imbalance with, again, gut. 
there's so many different types of stressors and so it doesn't always have to be like an emotional one. I think people associate it with that. But right. I'm like, well, did you have some sort of accident or some sort of trauma that happened and maybe you didn't recover well from it and your body's still holding on to it and then that's why this is happening. Like, we can't ignore that. Everything is connected. Yes. And we can't just look at our body as isolated parts. I know that there are doctors who are, you know, they're specialists and there's a time and a place for that. Mm -hmm. But I don't work in that way, and I, people don't expect me to work in that way. It's because I am going to look at every single thing. If you start casually telling me that you had a traumatic breakup two years ago, and then you also say, yeah, so a lot of this happened two years ago, well, duh. Yeah. You know, it's connected. So we can't ignore that stuff. So what are the biggest things that you have done in your life or changed that, that you feel have had the biggest impact on, on improving your health personally and, like, habits nutrition, all of the above, stress management, whatever you feel really helped you the most yeah. change. <laughs> I don't know if I can like <laughs> whatever you feel comfortable dial it down <laughs> or, to like, I guess I'll go into categories. Yeah. And I will, I will preface this by saying that this was not something I did overnight. I'm still working at it. Right. I am not 100% at things. So again, you know, the people that are coaching you or leading you through this, your trainers, like we all struggle too, right? Mm -hmm. We're all in this with you. But in terms of diet, what I did was I went gluten-free because having an autoimmune disease, that's, that is most likely the thing that you need to do. Now, yeah. some people can get away with not doing it. I'm not one of them. So I went gluten-free. I've dabbled in doing grain-free at times just to see if that helps. And, you know, it helps some stuff. But again, I'm of the belief that we want a wide variety of food in our mm -hmm. diet because we need a wide variety of nutrients for the wide variety of bacteria in our gut. They have to eat a bunch of different things, and so we need to feed them a bunch of different things. Yes. So I try not to be super, or I try not to be super restrictive in my diet. But I did do that. Um, I don't really drink alcohol. I, I never really had an interest in it, honestly. Mm -hmm. So I think that just helped because that can also contribute to some of the things that I see in people. Um, and then, so diet, that's kind of what I did there. Just really focusing on whole foods. So looking at a food and like, is this grown in the earth or is this like made in a facility? And if I do have packaged food, it's typically, you know, the ones that have like five ingredients or less and things that I can read and understand. And it's not like a chemical that I'm trying to pronounce. Yeah. So I really, I place a big emphasis on that because I view food as uh, medicinal, mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of medicinal properties to food. And so I prioritize that. Um, in terms of stress management, this is somewhere where I struggle because um, like I said, I had anxiety. I was having panic attacks really frequently and I was prescribed medication for anxiety um, at the same time of being recommended to go see a therapist. And so I didn't take the medicine, but I went to see my therapist and I said, hey, I was prescribed this. What are you thinking? And he said, it's, it's up to you. But I will say that you're never going to learn to live with anxiety if you don't ever feel anxious. And I just that has stuck with me for I think it's been seven or eight years that I've been in therapy with him. And that has, that changed my life hearing that. And so I was like, I'm not gonna do it. Now, I'm not saying that it's not right for everybody. Like some people, I think, yes, you know, take that medication if you feel like you need to, because sometimes we gotta put out the fire while working on another. Mm. Um, you know, maybe you need to calm a couple things down while you're working on other things, but it just wasn't the right thing for me. And I'm really glad that I didn't start that. Um, so I do cognitive behavioral therapy. I've been doing that for my stress management. And that's really looking at the beliefs and thoughts that we hold about ourselves, which play a role into how we behave. So behavior is really stemming from the anxiety, which is stemming from the thought that you had, which is stemming from the belief that you have about yourself. 
So, for example, uh, we talk about schemas, which are file folders in our brain. Okay. So, a scheme, you know, for example, a schema that I've had is that I'm not good enough. So, the schema that I'm not good enough plays into me thinking, well, I'm never going to do X. And then I have this anxiety about it, and then I have this behavior from that. So, you might be overcompensating in some situations to make up for the fact that you're not good enough, or you might not ever try something, um, so you have an avoidance behavior. Uh, whatever it might be. So we all have schemas that have been placed into our brain at some point, yes. you know, early childhood or at some point maybe like earlier or later on in your life. So cognitive behavioral therapy has helped me with that because I've been able to really um, work through those anxieties because I still experience that where I feel anxious or I feel overwhelmed or I feel um, just not quite sure how to work through stuff. And mm -hmm. so I have the tools in my toolbox from doing that therapy. Um, when it comes to sleep, that's something that, you know, I've had to train myself to get to bed earlier. Um, the, I mean, the reality is, is we are recharging our batteries at night. Mm -hmm. And when people who are like going to bed and sleeping for four to five hours, I mean, that's really, really hard on your body. We do a lot of resetting at night. Your brain does a lot of resetting. If you want to remember stuff, you have to sleep. If you want your digestive system to, you know, revamp and work better the next day, you've got to sleep. Um, our liver does detoxification in the middle of the night. So there's so many things that happen at night while we're sleeping. So really being disciplined about that has been helpful too. Um, and I mean, I don't know, to sum it up, I really feel, and I know this is really hard to even like, I guess make a, like describe, but it's really mindset. Mm -hmm. Like I had to believe that things could get better. And that's something that was really hard for me to do because yes, I'm still on thyroid medication. Yes, I still see my doctors and yes, I still do all that stuff that I just mentioned, but it's really that belief that like, I don't have to be miserable. I don't have to ha be fatigued. Mm -hmm. I should, I, I can have a high libido. Like I will have regular periods. I will not be gaining and losing weight every six months. Like you have to believe that that's possible, but then also implementing the things that I just talked about in whatever capacity makes sense for you. Yeah. Um, you know, like I don't have kids and so it's easier for me to do some of the stuff that, you know, I do. I know that it can be difficult to build that into your day if you have kids or you have a demanding schedule or whatever it is. But the reality is everybody can do something. Mm -hmm. And that's what I teach clients is, you know, your morning routine might not look like mine and that's totally fine, but we're going to do something. We're going to make it work for you because having that routine and that process is key. That's, I guess, to sum it up, that's really what I've been doing is I've built a routine and a process for myself. Even when I go on vacation, I do my process. I get up and I do the same thing in the morning. Um, I do the same thing, you know, midday, afternoon, because I look at my process as a pillar for my day. So if I start my day out the way that I need to and get my mind right, no matter what happens during the day, it's not going to phase me because I'm rooted in my day and I'm rooted in my stability and in my calmness, right? If we wake up and we don't have time to do things that we need to do to set ourselves up to be productive and stable throughout the day, of course, every little thing like that person who cut you off in traffic is going to piss you off, right? It's a matter of what process are you following? Mm -hmm. Does the process look like prepping meals, drinking water, um, you know, taking your supplements, getting movement throughout the day? And it can change from day to day, but I'm always outside. Like, Every day I get outside, every day awesome. I do my mindset stuff, I do my prayers, I will do, um, you know, take my supplements, I'll have some sort of nourishing food, like every day 
that is what keeps me going is mm -hmm. that process that I built for myself. Now you're obviously doing a lot to, to take care of yourself and of course that probably does take a decent amount of time. How do you structure that with, with running a business and with you know social responsibilities and everything else and how do you balance all that out to, to ultimately you know let everything work together so that we're not fighting each other. We don't want to do all this work to be healthy and feel good than to go do something else that's going to backtrack us. How do you how do you manage that in your life, especially being a business owner? Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know if I'm managing it the best that I could right now. I'm still learning. Well, fair enough. Yeah, I so backstory. I I, t I told you I was a teacher, so mm -hmm. I actually just left teaching full time about four or five months ago. Okay. So I'm. I was doing both for a long time, which was running me to the ground. Yeah. And so it wasn't until January where I had more freedom. And I was like, okay, my schedule is not being determined by someone, from someone else. Like I get to choose what I want to do. Yeah. And so I still feel like I'm in a process of fine tuning that, but I also have accepted that it's going to change as life changes and as different responsibilities come up. But what I do is I prioritize. So I know for sure that my morning is so important to me. Mm -hmm. I love having the stuff that I do in the morning. The morning walk or just standing outside is so important to me. So I will get up earlier if I need to to do that. Um, you know, which means I go to bed earlier to make sure I still have that sleep. Mm -hmm. So it's making, it's prioritizing and making those sacrifices. Um, and it's also having the boundaries, which I am still working on because I very much you know, I, I'm a people pleaser. I want to support everyone. I want to do everything for everyone when they ask. And mm -hmm. the reality is, is I can't do that and then show up for my clients. Because right. if I'm burnt out from doing stuff with my family or like running a last minute thing for this person and I have clients in the afternoon, I need to show up for them. Like mm -hmm. I could be the better version of myself and I can't do that if I've said yes to everyone else except me. Right. So that is difficult for me to do, but I'm working on it and I'm much better at it. So it's having those boundaries and making priorita priorities, and I very much love my calendar, so that's helpful too. And um, on Sunday nights, I'll take five to 10 minutes, that's all it takes, mm -hmm. and I'll go through and I'll look at what appointments I have for clients. I'll look at any other maybe personal appointments I have, like you know this coming here and doing this, right. and I'll write that out, and then I look to see, okay, when am I gonna work out? So then I build in my workouts that week. So, okay, I'm gonna work out Monday morning, and then Tuesday afternoon, and then Friday morning, whatever it looks like. Um, that way it's in there and I treat it as an appointment for myself, like I would be going to a doctor. Um, so that's helps, that helps me stay organized because if not, then I'm going to wake up in the morning and be like, what am I going to do today? And that doesn't work for me. Yeah. I need to be organized because I have a lot of stuff that I'm juggling and I need it to go as smooth as possible. Um, another thing that I do that I think helps in this situation is I do meal prep. And some people are like, I can't eat the same foods every day, which I don't really, because again, I have a good variety in my diet. Yeah. I'm only meal prepping for two to three days at a time, and then I switch, right? I don't like food to sit in the fridge for that long. But if I can meal prep two to three times a week, which just an hour of prepping stuff, mm -hmm. that reduces the decisions that I have to make the next day. Because I already know what I'm eating. I already know where it's at. I don't have to prep anything or chop anything or cook anything. And that reduces the decision fatigue that that I as an entrepreneur experience a lot yeah. of all these decisions that I have to make all day long, either for myself or for other people or my clients of what's the next step in your program. Mm -hmm. If I can just reduce the amount of decisions I personally have to make, that helps me, which is why planning things out, including my, my mood or my feel, including my food mm -hmm. and including my um, workouts, 
that really significantly helped me. Now, what do you do with a client that maybe, okay, so I, I'm someone on the opposite end of the spectrum and I get that everyone's different in their approach. I, I, I've heard the term actually uh, the other week on a podcast they used the term orthorexic or whatever. I liked it just because it was like, if I get too much planning and too much numbers, I'm like, I get super stressed out for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. For me, I got to like go with the flow. So like for, for people that aren't necessarily like the plan and, and as much of the structure, um, do you have any clients that you find are like that at all? Actually, first of all, I should ask, do you, do you find anyone that does the more that wants to get up and goes, I just, I want to figure out what I'm going to do today today. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I will be, I will do that from time to time with myself of mm-hmm. where I am not as rigid with my schedule or my planner. Um, there's, you know, there's slower seasons in the year and I, I like to live season, like cyclical in that way and seasonally. Yeah. So I get that. Uh, there's a time to push and a time to relax. Um, but with clients, that's where the process comes in because then I'm like, all right, well, what are the three pillars, the three things in your process for the day that you're going to get done? Mm-hmm. And you choose at what point you want to do that. Yeah. Maybe you don't go for a morning walk, but can you go for an afternoon walk? Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't meal prep your food on Sundays and Wednesdays, but what days make work for you? Or yeah. do you want to do it every day? Does that work for you? So it's very adaptable. We can absolutely do that. Um, it's again, what are those pillars? It doesn't have to be in the same, the same, I guess, like routine every single day or the Mm -hmm. same um like process but you have to have something that you're doing right and that's what we talk about yeah yeah Yeah, like all right what are the three main things you need to do to take care of your body your uh your mind you know what are those things you need to do and then we identify what that person it feels that that is and then okay that's what you're doing every day do it whenever it fits your schedule or when you want to do it for that day because I have some clients who work night shift, so their mm-hmm. days are mixed up and their sleep is mixed up. And so, you know, we don't talk about morning stuff. We talk about wake up stuff, right? Because they're waking up at different times in the day. So um, we very much can adapt that and make it fit whatever they need. Mm-hmm. And it's about them. It's about them believing that it's it's something that helps them. And once once they start doing it and they start feeling better, then they stop caring about how much weight they're going to lose. Then they're like, gosh, who cares what the scale is saying? I'm feeling better. I have more energy and like mm-hmm. I'm much more calm and I feel more like myself. And that is the true success for me. Is like I don't really care if you lose the weight or not. I mean, yes, I want to help you get to where you want to be. And yeah, mm-hmm. I want you to be able to fit into your old clothes. Like totally for sure. And you'll get there. But it's going to take a lot of this process stuff to get there mm-hmm. first, whether you want to believe that or not. I mean, how many times have people done strict diets or, you know, had macros and they followed and like, Sure, that stuff can work until it doesn't Mm -hmm. because at some point you're going to revert back to what you were doing before. So you have to build a new process into your day that's going to keep you accountable and keep you moving towards your goals. Yeah, I'm a big believer in in doing what works for you and then just happiness is the best metric. Are you just, are you enjoying yourself? Cool. And it's like, okay, well then whatever you're doing is working for, if you're genuinely enjoying and having a good time playing this game we play, then, uh, then whatever you're doing is working for you. Yeah. Um, when you get people coming in, because I'm like you talked about all the things that we do to basically slowly kill ourselves and the yeah. way we live our our lives, and and I'm no better than the rest. I'm plugged in just as much as anyone else is here. Um, 
How much do you get much pushback on that? Do you get a lot of hesitation because people are afraid they're going to have to change their whole life? Do you get people that in turn want to make changes? Like what kind of things do you typically see? Yeah, I think there's always a resistance to change, especially if people are a little older and they've been doing this for a while. But I remind myself before each appointment, like this person signed up for this. You know, they came to me mm -hmm. um, and it's my job to show up for them. Um, the change that I hope they make might not be the change that they ultimately make, right? Yeah. Like I can write the best program for you, but if you're not going to implement it, then it's worthless. So what are you willing to do that's yeah. going to, you know, like meet me halfway here? Try so to meet you, them where they're at. Yeah, 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 you have to because, again, I have an idea of what works for you. But if you have three kids and you're getting them on the bus in the morning and then you're running off to work and then you have a meeting and there's no way you're going to do what I do in the morning. Right? right? Unless you're getting up at four in the morning and that's not ideal either if you go into bed at 11. <laughs> so it's very much, how do we make this work for you at where you are at this point in your life, mm -hmm. knowing that it can change. And I'm also, I also tell people like, it is gonna be uncomfortable. Like if you, if, if what you were doing worked, you wouldn't have stepped into my office. Right. So you know that there's change coming. So that change the degree of change is going to vary from client to client and mm -hmm. might vary from month to month we might start with something and then something happens in their life and we have to maybe take it away or alter that change that we're making or the changes that we're doing in terms of behavior but ultimately like if you come to me there is going to be change and it is going to be uncomfortable and again i get it because i had to do a lot of this too yeah. so it can be very uncomfortable to change what you're eating or to you know not order the drink when your friends are all drinking or it can be uncomfortable to um you know have to go to bed early when your spouse wants to stay up and watch this like that stuff can be uncomfortable but you have to you have to ask yourself like is this what i need to do to get better because obviously what i was doing is not helping me mm -hmm. so maybe i do need to make some changes um, I'm just a firm believer in that, that if, if things were working, you wouldn't have came. So at some point, we're going to have to make some changes. And it's, it might not be what I would originally write for you or want you to do, but that's okay. We're going to make it work, and we're going to find a way to make those changes work. Yeah, I like the way you do that, where you said you're having your plan, because I think a lot of times as people in the health field, we can, I'm guilty of this, is I'll project what I want on the other person or what worked for me or my, my goals for them. But kind of taking that step back and putting the, the ego aside and being like, well, let, let me go and see what their goals are for them. Let me, again, like, where you're meeting people where they're at. And that's, that's something personally sometimes I struggle with where it's like, okay, because, you know, I want everyone to get better and like, or what I think is better. And uh, it, it takes, uh, takes that putting that ego aside to realize where people are at and, and try and at least... And also recognize like, okay, maybe I don't get everything I want out of this, but if I'm getting a little bit of improvement, that's improved. If they're better off than where they were before, it might not matter as much the degree yet, as long as like we're improving and we're going to in the right direction, so to speak. That's exactly, I'm so glad you said that because I question like, am I the only coach or person <laughs> in this position that feels that way? Because I sometimes feel bad about that of like, oh, like I just want you to do it this way because I know that'll work. but maybe it just won't work because of where they're at in life. But mm -hmm. I struggle with that too of it's, I don't know, maybe this is like how parents feel with their kids of like, just do this. I know this will be good for you. Yeah. Like this is like, if you do this then it'll lead to this, but you just can't force people to do that. Um, so it is a lot of just, you know, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to tell you what I think will be best. And it's up to you to figure out how to fit that into your life. Um, mm -hmm. 
when you were on our podcast, we were talking about that of like, yeah. there's only so much that we can do in that hour time with that person, right? It really is, I'm gonna give you as much as I can in this time, um, but then it's up to you to implement that. And that can be really hard because I wanna make, I wanna help my clients so much that I wish I could go and, you know. Move in with them. Yeah, move in with them <laughs> and like help day. them prep their meals and show them what to do yes. or like do a pantry rehaul. And it's like, I just can't do that. It's like, I, I have to help them with what I, how I can in the time that I have with them and then hope that it sticks enough where they can implement those changes. Um, but I think it's also hard too because when I was working with my coach and I kind of got into this whole like realm of holistic stuff and like doing all of the stuff that I'm doing for myself, I was such a disciplined client mm. because I, I just needed to be because I needed some relief and I needed something to change. And so I have to remind myself that not everyone is at that point and not everyone feels the way that I did when I first started. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. That's perfectly fine. And like you said, you know, if you come to me with a goal of, like, for example, I just had someone who um, graduated and we were working on, she went, she came in to lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. One of those things. And I was like, well, what are you really looking for? You know, all this stuff. So we got a little deeper. Um, and then, you know, after she finished, we did her little exit interview. And I said, we talked about all the things that have happened. And she's like, I didn't lose as much weight as I wanted, but I feel so much better. And I have so much more energy and I'm nicer around my kids. And I actually like, I'm interested in being around my husband, right? Like all these things that she had no idea she was gonna get out of it yeah. because we're so focused on the stereotypical goals that we think we need. But living is so much more than that. I want people to get back to living their life and actually enjoying it. Like you said, being happy. Yeah. And they don't even realize how far they are from that until they start working on this type of stuff. And then they're like, gosh, I didn't realize how um, anxious I was. Or I didn't realize how, you know, how bothered I was <clears throat> or I didn't realize like how irritable I was and so them seeing how they've changed in that way is even cooler for me like yeah I'm glad that your shirt fits better but I'm also more excited that you um, just feel like life is worth living again type of thing yeah no I think it's important to, to give people as much internal power because you said earlier everything starts from within the good or the bad I mean yeah. A lot of the negative stuff starts from a negative belief. You said, like, you know, not believing, not good enough. I, I say I suffer from the same thing. I hold myself to such a high standard from through through several different things growing up. But it's just like, you know, you know, that not good enough thing. And it's like always seeking more and trying to be better and better and obsessively too much sometimes. Um, but that all starts with within. And then when I can take that look in and kind of let that go and, and meet myself where I'm at and be for lack of a better term content not not saying like that's it and it's not going to keep trying to grow but like being grateful for where i am already yeah and looking at it in that positive way then all those negative things that come with it actually turn into a positive and that that drive becomes something different and and, and treating that self within and teaching people how to do that for themselves because i think we grow up taking a lot of the power away from our internal self because we're so busy doing everything outside of our own world and in, in in our minds here um that it's good to have people and sometimes it takes some external help i'd i'd love for everyone to be able to meditate and see it within <laughs> themselves but sometimes it's it's not just the coaching but it's the example that like you set through your own experience and being honest and open about it and being willing to be vulnerable about the things that that you deal with personally and and sharing that so that people don't feel like they're the only ones doing that but right. trying to give the power to the people 
in their own minds so that they can grow themselves or they can have their own success in whatever they're trying to do. Right. I One of the things that I keep going back to is the reason we have conflict is because we have the world that we live in in our head and then we have the outside world that we actually live in. And that's where the conflict occurs. And so if you can just remind yourself of that, that like the world that I make up in my head isn't always real, then that's that has helped me get out of that, you know, the depression, because I had bouts of depression and just the anxiety and just reminding myself like this isn't forever. Everything is temporary. This mm-hmm. emotion is temporary. Even happiness is temporary. Mm-hmm. So knowing that whatever you're feeling, it's going to pass at some point. But how do you want to look back and reflect on how you acted during that time? That's yeah. really important for me is like, I know that like when it comes to this health stuff for me, like I don't have like the best things in my genetic line right but epigenetics it's you know how do you want to if you think of epigenetics the way it was described to me and i think an easy i guess way to think of it is if you think of a gun the bullet is your genes and then you pulling the trigger is your lifestyle Mm -hmm. so you can turn genes on and off based on how you're living and also how you're thinking and so if you can think about um making sure that you are protecting your mind in that way. And also like, just because this is in my genetics doesn't mean it has to happen to me. Um, it can kind of help with that whole motivation to even get started with something. Cause I think some people feel like, well, what's the point, right? Like my family's overweight, they've got diabetes that it's like, well, you don't have to end up like that. Right. I mean, it might be a little harder for you to get out of, or, you know, to, you have to work a little harder than other people to prevent that. But it doesn't mean that it's like you're doomed for that. Right. So I think just remembering that we have so much more control than we think is um, really helpful when it comes to the health stuff. One thing that I talk about with clients too is that, and this is actually an exercise that I was um, given from my mentor because when she was coaching me, she talked about this. But um, when when I talk with clients, I'm always asking like, what does what does the healthiest version what does the healthiest version of Evie look like, right? And I, I think about like, you know. If I, if I had none of this stuff going on or if I felt my healthiest, what does that look like? What does that feel like? And so I have them do an exercise where you have to write out what you look like in your healthiest version in your future self. So Evie goes to bed by 10 p.m. Evie wakes up and does this. Evie meal preps this many times a week. Evie works out this many times a week. Evie journals this. And you write about yourself in the present tense because it's a lot easier to become that version of yourself if you already talk about yourself in that way. So instead of saying, I want to go to bed at 10 p.m., just say you already do. I like that. And so if you start to talk about yourself and think about yourself in that present tense about the healthiest version of yourself, it's a lot easier to become that version. Because I've had clients who are just like, like even talking to me, they'll be like, yeah, I just wish I could do that. And they're like, well, nope, I do do that. Like, I do go to bed on time. And so it's really powerful to be able to practice on yourself and really envision like, what does, what does the healthiest version of Evie wear? What does she eat? What, you know, where does she work out? Uh, what kind of coffee does she drink? You know, what shows does she watch? What music does she listen to? And if you can really picture yourself as that, mm-hmm. then you're already, you're already there. You just have to start doing that stuff because we're the ones in the way. Yeah. 
and all that stems from what what you believe, what you want. Like you said, it's it's right. what I think, not what someone else is right. telling me like is the healthiest. But what do I think is the is what's good for me and what what's going to make me happy. Right, and that goes along with what you said of like the coach might have exa- like an idea of what's healthiest for you, but that doesn't always align with the, what the person wants. Like yeah. I might think the client needs this, but if that's not a goal of theirs, then fine, we won't do that then. Even though I think it'd help you, but if that's not what works for you, we're not going to do it. Exactly. Like, um, so some sort of assessment at the beginning, right? You're, you're asking people questions, seeing where they're at, but what types of tools or modalities do you use in your sessions? And then how do you use those other tools to help people when they're not with you? Yeah. So when people schedule a consultation with me, I offer free consultations. They, they fill out an intake form. So it's pretty lengthy, but that's because there are so many things to our health. So I will look at that. I use that. When I meet with you, I will ask you questions about that. We use it as a guidance, right? Like there's a couple things that always show up that I really want to get to. Like they'll talk about um, some history or they'll talk about medications are on or birth control or pills or whatever, or their medications, whatever it is. Um, So we'll talk about that. And that kind of gives me an idea of where you're at. And then after talking to you and really seeing like, what is it that you hope to get out of here? Because I always ask them, what are two things that you want to be outcomes of working with me? Like what are the two main things you want which another way of phrasing that are what are your two main complaints, right? <laughs> Energy, fatigue, uh, sleep, weight, right? So person signs on with me. We work for at least three months together because okay. again, these things take time. Mm-hmm. It, we didn't, most people didn't get there overnight. So again, you can't expect to get out of this pretty quickly either. Right. Uh, well, at least get you on your way if you don't want to extend. Most people work for me, work with me for longer than three months, but okay. it's a minimum of three months. Yeah. Uh, we meet twice a twice a month, so we meet every other week, and we're meeting for an hour, and we're just checking in how things are going because we write protocols. So, before that first official appointment, after the intake, you'll be sent a nutritional symptom questionnaire, which is really really cool because it is rooted in functional medicine, where it'll ask. I mean, it's like probably 300 something questions and you have to rate your level like zero to one, like never occurs, all those, those typical things that we've seen or that we've done. And so based on that, it kind of tells me which organs are calling out for more attention. So it's divided in different organ systems. So like maybe your gallbladder, if you have one, um, because they're taking them out so frequently, (laughs) Um, you know, your small intestines or your large intestine or your stomach or your lungs or um, for women, like, or your thyroid. So it gives me an idea of what part of the body is kind of calling out for a little bit more attention. So we can start with that and look at that, hey, what do we do lifestyle-wise to support this, or do we need to start on some supplements? Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't want to say I'm conservative with supplements because I do think that they're um, helpful, but they're very supplemental, right? They're mm-hmm. only going to work as well as we do. Yes. Um, so, and some supplements are longer term, and some are very cyclical. So we'll cycle some in for eight weeks at a time, see how you do, and then we'll take you off and see how you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can recommend supplements based on that information. And so then we write the protocol and we talk about what are your routines going to be for your day. So again, are you going to get up in the morning and get outside? Um, are you going to go for a walk at lunch? Or, you know, what does that look like? When are you working out? What workouts are you doing? Um, we're going to talk about your nutrition. What does a typical day look like for you to eat? What is optimal typical day, right? Because not everyone can hit the, hit the perfect meals every day, including mm-hmm. myself. So optimally, in a perfect world, what will we say you're going to be eating every day? Um, so we build that together and you walk out of there having an idea of what you're supposed to be doing, kind of have your homework for the first two weeks. First two weeks are really, uh, 
I think is like a newborn giraffe. Like you're just trying to find your footing. Like you don't quite know what you're doing. Like you're trying to do the routine. You're trying to do the food. And in that time, that's where I want to support my clients the most. Mm -hmm. And I do that in between sessions. Just with my coaching platform, there's an online portal and there's a messaging system that works as text messaging. So they can message me through there. um, And we just talk and I check in like, how are things going? Okay, so what are you celebrating? What's going well so far? Oh, what do you need a bit more support on? Okay, so let me help you with that. Let's talk through how to make that work. Mm-hmm. So they have support with me throughout the program. It's not just the, you know, two times they see me a month. And then when we meet again, we just reassess how are things going. At that point, if people have some testing they want to do, we can talk about that. Um, but it's really just continuing to support them in that way. Sometimes things are going really well, and there isn't much to really brainstorm or work through, which is awesome. But, um, you know, there's always going to be more because at that point their interest is peaked enough mm-hmm. where they're like, well, what about this? This seems a little off too. So we just, um, you know, just continue to work together and support each other um, while keeping that open communication and knowing that like, hey, things are, things are going to change. They're not always going to go this well. Life's going to happen. Something's going to come up. But you, know, you still have that support system in place. Do you find... Like, because um, obviously probably the, m- the more information people give you and the more open they are with you, the easier and the, or the better you feel you can do your job there. Um, do you find a lot of resistance with that with people or are they pretty, or are, when they come to you, they're already at that point where they're just willing to kind of be all out with it and kind of give you all that information? Yeah, people are pretty open. Okay. Um, I I think that... I hope that I give off a vibe that they can be open with me, but I think it's also just because they know that the more information the person has, the better, because I'm always putting these puzzle pieces together. When Mm -hmm. I'm meeting with someone in a consultation, I'm, my mind is just putting these pieces together and I'm connecting the dots of like, when did this happen? Okay, that's connected to that. Like, like, I need to ask about that. That seems important. They skipped over that. That seems pretty important. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting those pieces together and I think they pick up that I need and I like that to know that information so they are really willing to give that um, and then they might think that something they say isn't important but I'm like wait let's go back to that I need to know you know I'd like to hear more about that um, and then there's some situations that come up that um, people share a lot with me just emotionally and I remind them like you know I appreciate you sharing that um, I'm not the person to help you through this issue so, you know, do you have any other therapies or healers in your life? So things like mental health therapy, because um, although we talk a lot about that in our sessions, I don't I can't replace that role for somebody. So um, there's a lot of trust that's put in that, too, of me knowing when it's time to mention something like that for somebody. Um, and then I have a lot of people ask me like, hey, like I know you're in therapy, um, you know, do you recommend this is something for me because of what I'm going through? So I really appreciate that trust that we have with each other mm-hmm. um, because it's not just that I'm not just their coach, right? Like I'm embedded in their lives. Yeah. You know, I, you know, my name gets thrown around at the dinner table, right? Like people, you know, or their kids are like, oh, did you talk to Evie today? And they come up on the Zoom call. And so I'm such a big part of their lives that I want them to know that they can trust me and that I have their best interest in mind, even if that means that I'm not the person for them. Yeah. And I'm very open about that too in the consultation. Someone might come to me and I just know that this isn't the, I'm not the right fit for you right now, yeah. but I have some people that I'd love to refer you to. Um, I think that's really important too, is not just taking on anybody just to take them on. Right. Uh, it's gotta be a good fit for myself and for them because I ultimately want people to feel better. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not that person for them, then I'm gonna know of somebody that potentially is. Right. And you need to grow from the experience as well. It can't yeah. be something that's 
that's dragging all your energy out because then you have nothing left to help the other people and it's yeah, yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with sometimes vibrations just don't match up and I've yeah same thing where I've had someone where I'm like you know let me refer you to someone else I think that I'm, I'm not maybe the best fit for what we're trying to do right here and yeah it's letting that go and try it's which is difficult sometimes because it's nice to from the business standpoint okay I want that income with that client or from the ego standpoint I want to know I can help you but sometimes there's people that we ourselves are not in the best position to help them best in that moment and yeah but I think that again builds trust with the client but then mm -hmm. also that helps them respect you um, even more because that honesty I think is more important yeah. than like oh, I'm just gonna take you on but I'm not really gonna know how to, t how to help you and then it's gonna be a waste of your money and then I'm gonna be resentful because I feel like I'm wasting my time because I don't know what to do with you mm -hmm. and that can get really bad and you know I've had situations where clients have worked with me and they've had a lot of stuff go on with their um, with like their family and like the busy season with kids and this and that and they were just really struggling to stay on track and so we had the conversation of maybe this isn't the right time for you now mm. so let's take a pause yeah and so we paused for a month or two and she came back and jumped right in and so sometimes that's necessary too so have that conversation with whoever you're working with if that's a concern of yours of hey like it doesn't mean that I'm not committed it's just I really can't take this on right now can we take a pause and I'll come back when I when this big project is done or whatever it might be. Um, I think that's also totally acceptable um, because we like to think that we're gonna be the most important thing for people, <laughs> but you know, we're not, you know, we're not the most important part of their life. Um, but you know, you still wanna be important enough that they are gonna make the sacrifices and changes they need while working with you. But if they just, they have no capacity for that anymore, then it is better to just kind of cool it for a while. Yeah. So what's next for you personally in your own health, business, just life journey? What's uh, uh, things you got in mind in store here? Yeah, anything? so I am finishing up another certification, which I'm super excited about. I haven't really shared it publicly, but okay. um, it'll give me access to more functional medicine labs, which I'm super excited for. Um, just be able to widen the amount of things that I can do with clients. Mm -hmm. So I'm finishing that up. Um, Business-wise, I have a couple things in mind that I want to do to grow. Um, right now, it's just me, and I have a you know, pretty decent-sized space, and yeah. so I'm thinking of ways to utilize that space. I opened right before everything shut down last <laughs> March, and so I had all these intentions of workshops and events and this, and I just I mentally was like, I, I can't do this anymore, and so I'm starting to mentally open that idea back up. Okay. Um, so hopefully be able to get some workshops and different services out of there. Um, and then personally for health, like I said, I just got my stool test back. So I know my results in my gut. I know uh -huh. my cortisol, my sex hormones. So just continue to do what I need to do to support my body in that way, which in my case, it really is about stress management. Okay. Um, I know that that is really what kind of, uh, turned things upside down for me. And again, I, I'm in a busy season of life, so I'm doing what I can knowing that, um, you know, there's only so much I can do at this point. So just working on that, building a protocol for myself and doing all that stuff. All right. Evie, I appreciate you sitting down. I, I really like the way you think. I like your whole outlook. I like what you're, what you're doing with people. And, uh, you know, you don't need me to tell you, but I, you can keep it up. Um, I think you're helping a lot of people. Why don't you, if there's anything else about your business um, or anything else that you'd like to leave us with before we part, um, feel free if you want to tell people where to find it, anything like that. Yeah, yeah. So my physical office location is in Sims Township in Cincinnati. So I am right by Harper's Point. So uh, really close off of 275 on the Montgomery Road exit. 
Um, you can also just Google it for the address. Um, I also do virtual appointments as well for those who are not local or uh, just can't quite come in. So I offer both virtual and in-person appointments. You can find me on social media. I'm most active on Instagram. I'm at Holistically Restored. And then I also have a Facebook as well. I have a YouTube channel, Holistically Restored, where I have some videos. Um, and then my friend Alexis and I, so Absolute Kinetics, I know she's yes. been on here a yes. couple times. Uh, we have a podcast called Health in Motion, so we'd love for you to tune in there. Uh, we share a lot of good information. We have really imp- cool guests on, like Jake. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'd love to connect with you. I, I love meeting new people and just hearing you know, where you're at and what you're looking for and if any of this resonates with you. So don't hesitate to reach out. And what's one thing... I, you had me give a fitness challenge. What's what's one like health challenge or a way just for people to check in with where they're at or something that you can give advice on like that? Um, okay, so this is kind of lengthy, but no, uh, if you have, if you, you can even put this on paper. So if you write, um, if you have like a, a cross, like, a, you know, kind of like a graph, if you will. Okay. Like you have your four coordinates, yeah. right? Or X, four y quadrants. Axis. Yeah, your quadrants, yeah. <laughs> um, so I want you to think of four things in your life that you think are most important to you in regarding health. So maybe sleep, nutrition, um, stress management, um, you know, maybe relationships could be another one. And if you think of the center, so the point zero zero on yeah. a graph as the, the target, I want you to put a dot in each quadrant of how close you are to think to reaching optimal health in that area. So it's a way to audit yourself. So, you know, if you think of sleep, you know, if you're really far out from that target, now you know, oh, maybe that's something that I can work on. And then pick one to two things that you can do to support yourself in that. Or with relationships, if things are kind of shitty right now, what are some things that you can do? So it's just a way to audit yourself and have a visual for how close you are to hitting that target of being optimal health in that area. So I really like doing that on myself and then also with clients. I like that. I'm going to have to go do that myself and see see where I'm at. Check in. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Evie. Um, Again, folks, you know, Holistic Restored, where to find her. Um, I'm sure you can find that all of it. Yeah, my website, yeah, holisticallyrestored.com. All right. And you know where to find me. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good one.